The Mindful Rebel podcast will be making some major moves this December at ContentCon. And if you're asking yourself what is ContentCon, I can tell you a little bit about that. The inaugural ContentCon festival is taking place December 6th through 9th in Baltimore, Maryland. ContentCon will be one of the largest gatherings of content creators, platform providers, and developers, particularly in the areas of esports, gaming, business, tech, music, fashion, beauty, and publishing, just to name a few. With over 200 plus live podcasts, including the Mind for Rebel podcast, 15 master classes, over 400 influencers participating, and more than 200 brands and companies present, ContentCon's goal is to drive the conversations and innovations around the future of content creation. So what does that mean? As a content creator, or as someone who's interested in becoming a content creator, you should be there. So right now, register at contentconfestival.com and use the registration code MindfulRebel to receive 20% off your registration. So go to contentconfestival.com and use the registration code MindfulRebel to receive 20% off your registration. As technology, access, and education evolve, there's a space for everyone to create content in their own voice. And with that said, I'll see you all at ContentCon in December. Welcome to the Mindful Rebel Podcast, the podcast where mindfulness and leadership intersect. In this episode, we'll talk to Dr. Crystal Jones. Dr. Crystal Jones is a breath of intense clarity, foundational healing, and evolutionary truth. With over 15 years in the collective healthcare profession, she uses her voice and action for conscious disruption with spiritual awareness, healthcare, and wellness. She is the spiritual director and lead facilitator of The Sanctuary, a community for conscious development within the human experience. Her work in the world is leading and participating in global conversations about elevating the current paradigm of healing, using an integrative approach to dig deep into the narratives of disease, and training healthcare and wellness facilitators in becoming a sacred space for the integrity of the healing process. Central to all of her work is acknowledging and elevating core value and the truth systems on a foundational level. Welcome to the Mind for Rebel podcast. Today I have the pleasure of talking to Dr. Crystal Jones. Thank you. And how are you doing today? You good? I'm well. I'm here and I'm appreciative. Good, good. So the place that I always like to start is to kind of get a foundation um, to kind of, you know, ground the conversation with my guests. And, and with that, I guess the place I want to start with you is that how did you begin your journey into the wellness work that you do? And if you can give my listeners a little bit of background into the work that you do. Oh, wow. So I've been in the wellness space probably for, hmm, I would say since 2003. So it's been a while. I started off more on the allopathic route when I went to um, undergrad for nutrition and dietetics. And while I learned a lot about biochemistry and how an ideal body would work with whatever ideal means, um, my journey moved me into working for the government and working in the jail system. So I worked in the jail and I started to really take an interest in behavior and how behavior was the cornerstone to actual change, deciding that this is what I want to do, having the power of choice. While I was a nutritionist, a lot of the work that I was doing was based on, and I'm dating myself, um, based on the food guy pyramid. And I didn't agree with a lot of the things that I was telling people to do, I was 
before anybody would interact with me, I would already know exactly what it is that I was going to, at that point, prescribe for them, what diet I was going to prescribe for them. Diets were things that I could do in the back of my head because all it was was numbers. It had nothing to do with the individual. And so from there, I moved from working in the government and working in the jail to more of what we would consider the wellness side, a lot more of understanding, a lot more of hearing what people are saying and, and based on what they're telling me react that way or see if there is a space for me. And that continued on all the way up until my doctorate, which, you know, was amazing. And I had all of these practices, but I noticed that something was missing and what was missing is practices or the understanding that your healing journey is about you and what it is that you want, not necessarily how much schooling I've been through and how my machines and modalities can figure out what's going on. It was really about the foundational healing. And I have since uh, 2013 been really concerned about foundational healing and the power of choice and how that actually creates the healing process that people desire and the integrity of the healing process is something that I've been moving through with a lot of um, facilitators and now with the sanctuary, just creating a space where that's all that ever happens. That's as short, that's as short as I probably could get. (laughs) No, it's fine. It's fine. I think a question I like to ask um, folks who are in wellness work and particularly around this whole topic of healing um, is that I think sometimes the process of healing can be intimidating to people um, because it, it can bring up a lot. Um, How do you approach, I guess, clients or how do you approach people who may be interested, but there may be some hesitation about addressing or bringing up what is going to come along with what the healing process looks like? So what's most important at the beginning of any session with me or should be with anybody is developing trust. And after developing trust, I ask people where it is that they want to go and how it is that I can serve them. So I don't automatically put out there, well, I have all of these different things, although most people know that. I have all of these different things. Now you choose, and based on what you're choosing, it can be hard, and maybe this, and maybe that. I really start any conversation with anybody from the intake, creating that power within them and saying, what is it that you want? Why is it that you cross paths with me? Now they're answering the questions and there's nothing to be intimidated about when they're leading the conversation and they're leading their own healing process. And the second question of how is it that I can serve them always, it, it kind of baffles them first. But secondly, now you understand I'm not going to go anywhere that you didn't ask me to be. Hmm. Hmm. So yeah, a lot of people are terrified. I'm digesting digesting that. that. It's okay. A lot of people are terrified because there's such a narrative about what healing is. If you look on social media, if you ask Dr. Google, if you go anywhere, there somebody is creating what your healing process looks like. And you're thinking, well, that's what it's going to look like. Whether I think it's going to be rainbows and unicorns, or I think it's going to be walking through the pits of hell, whatever it is, that most times that is based off of someone else's narrative. 
And so we have to start now with, well, what's your narrative on what are we going to do with this? And I think that's where, like I said, I think that's where a lot of the fear is. Um, it's based on someone else and how the next guru is telling you your process is supposed to go. Hmm. So with, with that, just to kind of, I guess, kind of continue in that, in that, in that vein a little bit, there was one of your um, Instagram posts that jumped out at me and I want, I guess, to dive into um I guess this quote from you a little bit more. Um, and it was, uh, that it was like, radical honesty is, is sacred practice. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? Um, and can you talk a little bit more about that? So when you think of radical honesty, it is literally a practice of being truthful at every moment of your life. Most of us have been conditioned to bend the truth or lie or whatever people call it, um, in order to get what they want. So the sacred practice of radical honesty is about trusting your intuition, trusting your gut. And you can only practice radical honesty when you understand that you're enough, that no matter what it is that your circumstances have brought you to or whatever it is, that your honest, your honest answer is enough. Your honest answer when some, somebody asks you something and it doesn't feel good in your body and you say no that it's enough, that you don't need to change who you are in order to um, be correct or be politically correct or in order to have the right answer or to heal in a better way. Um, Radical honesty gets rid of the shoulds and the coulds and all of that. It is what is right now and how does my body feel in this particular moment? And let me answer the question that's being placed in front of me Um, sometimes in of the question that you think is actually being asked when somebody asks you something it's really important to hear them and then actually answer what they're asking with truth and you can only really be involved in speaking truth at all times when you understand that you are perfection and excellence personified there's nothing there's nothing that you need to say that's not true in order to get anything hmm and I'm just, I'm sorry for the pauses, but I'm just, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm taking it in. And this happens every podcast. I say this all the time that I feel like my guests come at a certain, at a particular time where I think there's something they're saying that's speaking to me. So that's what a lot of these pauses are. So I apologize ahead of time. You don't have to uh, apologize. Hearing <laughs> and listening are two key elements and anything so there's nothing that you ever need to apologize for like you're doing what you need to do Hmm. so with that how where does in terms of wellness work and and you know the whole idea of healing um where does i guess maybe the lesson of surrender kind of come into play um around this particular topic when we're talking about surrender as it pertains to the healing process in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say if I'm hearing your question correctly, surrender is what you walk in the door with and you decide that I don't have to fight anymore. Um, I think the mentality, whether it's healing or business is about hustling and fighting and I have to climb the mountain. Surrender is I let go of needing to control things that I can't control. Um, There's a goal to control your healing process or there's a goal that 
when there is some form of dis-ease that's brought to you that where I'm trying to get to is this particular place. So I need to fight for my life. I need to fight for this. I need to fight for that. Surrender is actually listening to your body. And that's all the healing process is about is I'm trying to tell you something. Will you listen? Surrender is that instead of, Oh no, on the outside, this is exactly what your life needs to be. And so I'm going to tell you body what it is that you need to be doing to adapt and integrate so that I can become a robot. Surrender is I am that I am and I'm listening to you and I'm here and whatever this process is, I'm here for it. When you ask me to go, I will go. When you ask me to stop, I will, but I don't have to fight anymore unless I choose to. Hmm. So with that, so I I think, you know, and I want to pick your brain around this a little bit because I think that, and I think that's part of what this podcast is about, right? Where this is it's this whole idea of the intersection of like leadership and, and mindfulness. And I think sometimes, you know, a lot of my listeners, you know, entrepreneurs, business owners, um, but also folks that have an ear into um, mindfulness practices and, and what that means. And I think sometimes there can be a bit um, in how we glorify business owning leadership, entrepreneurship, that there can be a bit of tension between what that looks like with mindfulness if you're not paying attention um, completely. So how has, you know, and you talked about this whole idea of surrender and like listening, how has this affected how you've navigated being, you know, a business owner? Because, you know, the, the work that you do, you've done this, like, you know, as an entrepreneur, kind of creating your own path in your own space. How has this kind of guided your entrepreneurial journey um, as well? I've said I've been working on it for a long time and that's just being aware of what's going on. What is it that I want and how my, my attitude used to be, what is it that I want and how am I going to get what I want instead of where I'm at now? And there's a complete understanding and an awareness that I've changed my narrative that I moved through my life in a space of ease. So with that, I will say even a couple months ago, I lived in functional anxiety instead of um, allowing things to happen um, because I was intentional and aligned. My focus on was like trying to hustle everything to see me. And so, and when I say see me, I say these whole, a lot of the marketing strategies, a lot of the um, hustle hard, do this, you got to be up uh, 24 hours a day. And there'll be days like I, I, not days, but 96 hours, I'd just be awake just there because I needed to do something instead of be someone. So when I think of mindfulness, I think of literally being aware of the present day moment and um, I know that's a hot topic now, just saying be aware of the present, but a lot of us live in the past of, well, I don't want this anymore, so I'll become this, so I don't have to deal with this. And a lot of times it's in, in business is, well, I don't want to not ever have money again, so because of that, I need to make sure that I hustle hard so that I never have to be poor again. But energy, source, spirit, it does not hear it doesn't hear what you do or don't want. It sees, it sees where you're putting your energy to. And so you actually get whatever it is that you were trying to avoid. 
And I spent a lot of time avoiding things instead of allowing my foundation to bring me into my present moment and allow my present moment to determine my future. And when I think of all of the amazing things that have happened to me after I had a huge anxiety break, um, I realized that everything that actually happened that I really liked happened organically. Everything that I hustled for, literally hustled for, I would go places and they'd be like, oh yeah, we're not going to pay you. Or, oh yeah, this, that, and other. Like all the things that I was trying so hard for honestly never worked, but I couldn't see that because I lived under this narrative that it's about hustle this, hustle that. When now, when I think of mindfulness, I think of my work is to be aligned. So what is it that, what, what is my alignment? What I need to focus on that more than trying to be seen or be heard like that. I don't have to focus on that alignment will bring you all that is supposed to come. And when you know you're supposed to work, you will work. When I say ease, people think, well, that means you're not supposed to work. When I say I don't hustle anymore, people will say, well, you're supposed to work. I didn't say you weren't supposed to work, but it makes more sense to hit the target with every shot than to shoot a thousand and hit one of the thousand times. I just conserve my energy for things that actually matter. Hmm. That's a, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a big one. I think that's interesting because, you know, and you touched on it, you know, very well and just in terms of thinking like, you know, this whole entrepreneurial spirit or this whole hustle and grinding spirit, you know, has people kind of spinning on all cylinders that might not necessarily be doing it in a, in a very honed or targeted way. But if you kind of slow down and really uh, figure out the direction that you should go in and, and, and put energy into being into the moment, into what you should be doing, those doors will open for you instead of you having to force them and in some sort of way to kind of open in that regard. Yes. Yes. I, I think a lot of the teachers that people are listening to because that's what they did and people see, Oh, this person is successful. I have to do what they did. And that was just their way. And, you know, no matter what your belief system in, in your higher power is most time your higher power is asking, where is it that you want to go? Like, where do you, where do you want to go? I'll open the door, but we're, we don't even answer the question. We're just like, I want to do all the things. <laughs> hmm. I think that's a good that's a good transition because I think with that I I definitely want to I'm very interested in your thoughts and and in your definition on leadership and, and what you consider uh, leadership. When I think of leadership, I think of hearing a need and effectively immersing yourself enough to actually meet the actual need. So, so hearing the need and meeting the need in a way that, or in a language that makes sense to those that need it. And the, the follow-up, and you've kind of touched on this already in terms of how you define mindfulness, but one of those, one of the things that I think has been a theme with my last few guests that I've talked to is that, you know, mindfulness has become this kind of buzz topic. And, you know, you mentioned it earlier, um, ha and I like to ask them this question, has the, I guess, move, this mindfulness movement that is happening now, has that 
caused you to look at how you navigate in the space um, of being like in, in wellness and mindfulness work? Um, has that affected how you kind of navigate in the space with it becoming um, this kind of social movement now? Um, it has, and I will say because I'm very intentional about my wording, where I could have used that word years ago and it would be different. Now, mindfulness can mean anything. Mindfulness can mean a hashtag. Mindfulness can mean anything that you want it to mean. So I'm very, now when I say mindfulness, I'm very intentional about what it is that I mean by that. Um, are we talking about having your mind full? Are we talking about um, being aware of the present day moment? Are we talking about being in a yoga class and calling it mindful because yoga should be mindful? What, what I, I like to ask questions so while I'm very intentional about my words, I'm also more so when somebody uses the word, I ask questions. Well, what do you mean by that? What, what, what is it that you're trying to get across? And I say that because when I, when I am working in training, a lot of the facilitators, I just hear the words and I'm like, well, what does that mean? What, why would you say that? And if you can tell, like, I'm not asking you to judge you. I'm asking you because I want to know. Um, maybe we can find another word for that or maybe whatever it is, but being, just keep asking the questions and getting down to, well, what is, what is mindfulness? What, what, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> and this will kind of continue in our, in our discussion of kind of like the meanings behind certain words. I like to ask my guests, what does success um, mean to you? Or what does that look like for you? Success when I think of what success looks like to me, it looks like the rise and the fall of my chest being in alignment with the rise and the fall of my belly. That's alignment. That's really what success looks and feels like to me. It feels like ease. It feels like the ease of the breath. And it just, that's, that's the movement that success looks like to me. And with that kind of in the same vein, or, you know, to continue this, is this, what does compassion mean to you? Or what does that look like for you? Uh, compassion is one of my favorite words because it requires you to hear, you'll hear me say it a lot, hear what somebody's saying, listen to what's saying. And if somebody asks you for something, acknowledging if you can meet that need or if you cannot meet that need or by choice. So compassion is really acknowledging everything that everything is doing the best that it can to meet its needs. And its needs are based on its experiences, um, the truths that that person is living by those narratives and really allowing their life and where their life has brought them to, to be the truth of right now, to be their radical honesty. Compassion is allowing the space for radical honesty. Then when we move from that, we move into, if somebody is asking you for something with compassion, it doesn't mean give them exactly what they're asking for. It is now saying, am I willing to meet that need or not? with my own radical honesty. Hmm. 
And I'm just jotting down notes over here. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, With that, what's what's one characteristic that you believe um, every leader should possess? The ability to hear what's being said. Mm. And in that capacity, why do you think that's important? Because most people aren't heard. Um, and, and I go further into that. Most people aren't heard. Most people have a need and other people, and we'll talk about, well, business people, entrepreneurs, whatever it is, they have this thing that I can offer you. So I have this need and the person says, well, I can't meet that need, but I have this. So let me give you this. That's not meeting the need. The person, the ability to hear says, I have this need tell me more now let's work together on meeting that need even if that's not me let's work together on meeting that need that's in my opinion what a leader will do is meet the actual need hmm. and this is just a general question and uh, what's one thing you believe the world needs less of First thing that comes to mind is opinions. <laughs> and I say opinions because they lead to judgment. Hmm. Hmm. And that's in a, I, I, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> huh. with that, so, you know, as we kind of transition into, into talk a little bit more about you, um, you know, through your, your, um, your wellness and entrepreneurial journey and, you know, your past careers and and also, you know, particularly through your PhD program, um, has there been a person that has had like a tremendous, a tremendous impact on your like own personal growth and development and and how have they impacted you? Hmm. Firstly, I will say I went to it through a doctoral program, not a PhD program. And it's nothing like, (laughs) I just don't want to give myself credit that I don't, that I didn't earn. Um, one person, and it actually wasn't in school, but a person that I think of automatically right now has been more in my entrepreneurial journey, and her name is Lauren Ash. Um, many people know of her. As our friendship has developed, what I've noticed and what I've watched and what she's taught me very clearly is about alignment, intentionality, and ease. That's been that's been what I've learned through our relationship and in the most recent months, as I talked about dealing with a lot of anxious feelings, um, choosing, uh, knowing that I could choose ease and alignment and intentionality changed. It it basically kept me alive. So I would have to say her for right now. Mm. And just to kind of, tug at that a little bit you know you you mentioned alignment intentionality and ease are they all connected in some sort of capacity and how would you link those together like i I don't want to assume how you would do that but i'm as as i'm looking at them i can see it but i want to understand a little bit more around your thought process around that so i don't think the connection with anything is automatic i Mm -hmm. will say based on my narrative when i am intentional that means I'm very clear about what it is that I want. And then as I move with a space of clarity, 
then my job is to align my spiritual, emotional, biochemical, and physical bodies to that clear intention. And then as I'm aligned at all times, I'm open for things to show up to me with ease. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's how I see it. <laughs> no, I, I, no I, I definitely, I just wanted to kind of pick your brain and see, to, to see your thought process behind it. Um, with that, you know, in terms of, you know, you mentioned someone who's been influential. Uh, has there been a, like a resource, like a book, movie, podcast, poem, anything that has been kind of influential in your growth that you'd like to share with the listeners of the podcast? The book that I read during my fast from working, which is its own story, um, was the, well, I didn't read it. I listened to it. It's called The Power of Now. And, you know, it's a very popular book. But because I was fasting from working, The Power of Now made so much more sense to me. And I recommend that book because when you understand that your brain is basically designed to keep you from failing, um, you realize that that's why you always think of the worst case scenario. And it's like, okay, let, let me make sure the person doesn't die. And when you can really get into your mind and like what your body is asking for in this complete present moment, um, by allowing yourself to be in the power of now, your life dramatically shifts. It's kind of like, you know how you tell your mom something and she's like, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And you're like, but I am going to go live my best life. <laughs> and our brain is like that. Our brain says, well, what if this, what is, what is that? And so then we think of fear and doubt and all of those other things. But our mind says, well, what's here for you in the present moment? And what is it that you actually want to do? And so within the pages of that book or the chapters on Audible, like I listen to it, you just have so many thoughts of like how crazy it is that you've lived your life just to not die. Hmm. Hmm. And I, I guess I want to, I guess, tap into that a little bit because you you mentioned that that you you took a fast from from working. What what prompted that? And then you know, in that, what what things kind of spoke to you or kind of came up during that period? Because I think you know, I think one thing I'll say is that. I've been in a space where I feel like I need to do something like that in terms of like, I need to step away. And, but the, hmm, I don't want to say the way we're wired because it's probably not the way we're really wired, but I think the way we psych ourselves out and say that we're wired is that there can't be a pause on working because you got to keep doing this and you got to keep doing this. And what happens if you don't do this? Um, you start to, to talk yourself into, um, not being able to take a break or step away from something. So how did that happen for you and what came up during that period of time? That's so interesting that the first thing is like, well, what if this, what if that, that's your brain talking and like trying to protect you from being poor or trying to protect you from being a nobody, whatever it is that you're so scared of. So I'll be as, I sent this in a newsletter, so I'll be very transparent. There was a point where, my account went negative three times in less than two weeks. And as an entrepreneur, it wasn't the first time that ever happened in my life. Um, but I, like, I lost it. My body froze. Um, 
it was it was very intense for me at that particular moment because I had been working so hard and my account was negative and it kept going negative. And the only reason why I can keep going negative is because like, obviously I, I can make the money back quickly. And so that's the thing. It's like, okay, I did this. I did, I did this. I fixed the problem. It's fine. And then it did it again. And it was like, Oh, okay. So like, let me sit here. Let me actually listen. What is going on right now? And I realized that the subject of this paper, work was my idol. Work was what, you know, if God, if universe is source, if, if, if you don't come through for me, my work can come through for me. And I really was like, yo, really? like that's really how I think. I think that work can overpower my higher power. I can't believe that. And when I told people that I was a workaholic, nobody ever wants to hold space for that because they celebrate that part of me. They celebrate, you've done this, you've done that. When I said I was a workaholic last year, it was just so celebrated and I was having a break. I was losing my mind. People were talking to me and I couldn't hear what they were saying because all I was worried about was work. And as I, as I asked for help, it's, no, you're just a hustler. You've always been a hustler. And like, I admire this. I admire that. And I was asking for help. But we'll get back to the fact that all of this happened and I come home and the instruction to me, um, cause I like, I, I'm clear hearing, so I can hear what it is that I'm supposed to do. Um, it was to fast and I'm like, okay, I can fast, you know, fast for 30 days, whatever. You want me to just drink water? You want me to do nothing? Like I can do that. It's not the easiest thing, but I've done it before. And then the next instruction was like, I don't need you to fast for food. I need you to fast from work. And I lost it. Like, well, what am I supposed to do? Have you seen my account? How am I supposed to make, how am I supposed to make money if I'm not working? And then God is like, you have been working and you still don't have money. So what's your next excuse? It was clear as day. Supposed to be for seven days. But then I'm like, I got to do a reading because you can't be serious that, you know, at, almost at the end of the month, what I need to do is fast from working. So then I get the seven of coins. I knew it was supposed to be seven days. And then I get the seven of coins just in case you need some something to remind you that this is that. And so... That day, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And mind you, this is what people feel like when they go on food fast, probably. Um, it was hard. And I was like, but I'm supposed to teach yoga tonight. And then I had this client um, the next day. But I was supposed to fast. I went to the yoga studio, and I had a whole roster of clients. And as soon as I got to the studio, every one of them canceled. And I was like, okay, wow. I hear what you're saying. Then we move into the next day and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go work with this client and I'm just, I'm going to do, I'm going to fulfill the things I said I was going to do because my pride won't let me say I need, I can't do this. So I go, and this is the client who's never done this. We work together. I even like work with her an extra hour. And then at the end, she's like, strangely enough, I don't have any money to pay you. And I was like, okay. So God was like, I'm going to let you work and I'm going to let you see your idol isn't going to give you anything because it's not about your work. I need you to listen to me. And so this is day two of seven, which felt like eternity. And so I'm like, okay, so what am I supposed to do? 
I go and I actually take a yoga class and this is day three. And my yoga teacher says, I, I need the thing, but I do not need whatever she said. I had to translate it into, I need the thing, but I do not need to do the thing to get the thing. And I realized for 32 years of my life, I had been doing things because I felt like if I do something, then I can get something. My worth on this universe the only reason why I'm here is so that I can work enough to be um, enough on this planet. My, I only deserve to be here if I work 26 hours a day. Um, and I, a lot of this came up for me. And mm. I had to recognize that my worth was in my work only. And so I felt like everything was being snatched for me. Um, I felt naked. I felt like nothing. And she said, this is the first time you've ever actually asked me for anything. And that's how you move through life. Nobody can give you anything because you, you, you are not a receiver. You won't allow things. You don't, you, you just won't. And so much was open for me and I can continue on day by day by day, but so much has opened for me, but I had to recognize first work was my idol when you can't take a break from something because you think that you think that that's your entire source it is your idol when you can't take a break from food it is your idol when you can't take a break from a human being it is your idol and that is not okay and i didn't realize i had it until that happened and i was like work work is like work is what everybody's prized about you know, that's, that's your best, your prized possession and letting that go forced me to be in alignment with who I am. And it has literally shifted my life. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is another one that kind of hit me in the chest because I, I understand exactly, um, kind of that mindset. So I, you know, I recently have, have been dealing with, I say I'm coming off the tail end of it, but still kind of dealing with it in terms of having or feeling like your worth is tied up in the work that you do. Um, and, you know, maybe about, and it was probably around the time that, you know, we were initially communicating and I, I took a, a bit of a break from the podcast for a little bit, but, you know, I ended up taking a break from my PhD program. And um, in that, you know, felt like, well, who am I now if I am not doing this and kind of had that, that, moment in which I'm like, well, if I'm not a student and I'm not focusing on this and I'm questioning what I'm supposed to do in terms of my career, who am I if I'm questioning or not engaged in these certain certain aspects of my life? Um, so this is like resonating crazily at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. You spend so much time and so much, so many of your resources into becoming this thing that, that it's, what's interesting is, I don't wish this for you. For me, everything that I, I had gone to school for, while I'm great at it, I did that so that I could learn how to facilitate processes um, and understand the body. And I realized, oh, I don't want to be in office every day. I don't want to be... You know, I don't want to do that. And it, the, hard, the hard part of that was, but you worked so hard to get here. And it's like, okay, I did that. Um, you, come, you walk out to people and 
they want to the first thing somebody asks you is what do you do instead of who are you and so you're just trained to have something that you're doing instead of when if I introduce myself I say I am and I'm I am in I am foundational healing and intense clarity and evolutionary thought that's that that's what I am, regardless of if I'm standing in front of a crowd of 10,000 or I'm talking to someone I'm meeting in the street. You interact with me, the essence that I give you is intense clarity, foundational healing, and evolutionary truth and thought and all of those things. So, so when I recognized the essence of who I was, I was able to move about purpose rather than tied down to how am I going to show up today as an expert in this or how can I make sure that somebody needs me to be superior to them I already knew who I was so I didn't need somebody else to um, become my client to tell me that and I realized that a lot of times we need somebody to become my client become our student to let us know who we are you have to know that first hmm hmm well, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, yeah. As as we begin to wrap up, because I feel like this conversation could go forever. Um, I, the the last question I like to ask my guests um, is like, at the end of the day, what do you want your legacy to be? She heard me. Hmm. And I just came off the top of my head. I was like, wait, what? Okay, that's, that's it. <laughs> that's what, that's, that's it. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, uh, this, <laughs> this one, this one was a, this one was a, a good, a great interview, a great interview, but this one resonated. It's hit home. <laughs> so I thank you for taking the time uh, to talk to me today and, um, and have this as an opportunity to share with the listeners um, of the podcast. I, I know that you know anyone listening to this episode will definitely have pick up some 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 great um, information and context to to one the work that you do and then just kind of how you show up and navigate um, and and then help people um, in their healing process. So thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. What I do like to um, have my guests share is if my listeners are interested and I'm sure they will be um, how can they get in contact with you what's the best way social media website um, it's all Dr. Crystal Jones so D-R-C-R-Y-S-C-A-L-J-O-N-E-S that's my social handles that's my website drcrystaljones.com and uh, when you're ready and our paths are crossing we'll meet and figure out where it is that we're going to go from there Perfect. So that information will be posted along with this episode of the podcast. Dr. Crystal Jones, thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I really appreciate taking the time out and talking today. It means a lot. I appreciate you. Thank you again for your continued support of the Mindful Rebel podcast. I appreciate the listens. I appreciate you vibing with the podcast. Um, if you would like to check out past episodes, please go to any of your favorite podcasts and platforms. And that includes Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Anchor FM. If you want to learn more about me and what I do as a creative, an educator, and a scholar, you can go to my website. That's seanjmore.com. 
again, that's SeanJMoore.com to learn a little bit more about me and what I do. Uh, again, thank you for your continued support. Please, any feedback that you have, any potential guests that you'd like to hear on the podcast, don't hesitate to reach out. Let me know what you think. Uh, all feedback is welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm.